Hi, I'm Brett Nelson, and I'm an organizational development and sales coach with a servant heart. And I'm Sue Steinfeld, a certified leadership success coach that takes a holistic approach to being your best. And welcome to My Pivotal Moments podcast, where we are excited to share stories and experiences about those pivotal moments we all have had in our lives, whether it was a moment that caused you to pivot professionally or personally that took you down a completely different path than planned. These pivotal moments are what keep life exciting, challenging, and amazing. So today, we're, we're taking a little bit of a different approach today. We're going to talk, do a little bit of a book review or a, a book reaction. Yeah. And uh, let's, what's the book, Sue? What are we going to talk about today? It's The War of Art. The War of Art. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I, first of all, I, I recommend it to you, but did you, have you heard it before? Did you hear of it before or? I actually have. And when okay. I started reading it, I realized that this was something when I first got into coaching, that one of the women who has been extremely successful, this was like her mantra. She read this book and she's like, you must read this book. And I had resistance, which we'll get into. And I didn't read it. And I'm a little sorry that it took me this long, but no regrets. Yeah, for sure. And I have uh, similar podcasters. I, it's, I heard it on a podcast as well as a recommendation. Had never heard of it before. Picked it up on a vacation, read it within a day and a half. And it was like, okay, this is a game changer. So maybe for the listeners, give a summary of like, what's the context behind what you know about the context behind the book? Maybe a little bit of background. Yeah. So, and just calling out the author is Stephen mm -hmm. Pressfield. Um, mm -hmm. He talks about, you know, his journey is to become a writer, but he gets into what gets in our way, what he calls our inner genius of what we were really born to be and how we procrastinate. We have fear. We have all these things, but he sort of puts it into the category of resistance. And what I love about this resistance is he made it this being. To me, he made it this being, this thing that's constantly over watching and looking at you and trying to derail you from your success. That's right. That's right. And that's the start of it. Again, he, and so for context, he was the writer that wrote The, the Legend of Bagger Vance, which became a movie. Uh, so like that's something that somebody would know. And I love the preface of it when he talks about how he says, our job in life is not to shape ourselves into some ideal uh, that we imagine we ought to be, but to find out who we really are and become it. Yes. And that's that inner genius. And so, but the problem with this, and this is where I think it's related to our podcast, the concept of pivotal moments is what you said, the word, the R word, resistance. Yes. So becoming who you are and recognizing it's not, again, about a big transformation is recognizing you've got the power, you've got the ability to do things, what gets in the way. So maybe start us out with something about resistance. Like, what is it about resistance that you stuck out to you on the book? I've got a couple things to share and we'll just kind of meet in the middle. I, I think what really struck me is I, I struggle with procrastination. Okay. And Guilty. I, so many people do. <laughs> sure. But I didn't think of procrastination as resistance. Sure, sure. And the shift to really looking at it that way and having to figure out the why behind it. Mm -hmm. And it's not just procrastination, right? The, the fear, fear of being visible. Actually, towards the end of the book, he talks about a real fear of success. That if we become successful, do we lose our friends or do we cause jealousy with others 
Mm -hmm. you know, instead of looking at success as this wildly wonderful thing, it's a fear of what might change for me. Sure. You know, resistance cannot be seen, touched or heard or smelled, but it can be felt. So it's, it's that counterpoint that's, that shows up anytime you want to do something. I think that's something important to remember for, for myself as I was reading that is as soon as you set out to do something, just expect resistance. It's going exactly. to happen. Yeah. You know, he says we experience it as an energy field radiating from a work in potential. It's a repelling force. It's negative. It aim, its aim is to shove us away, distract us, prevent us from doing our work. Yeah. And he also uses self-sabotage, right? Resistance is yes. definition yes. self-sabotage, but he does also talk about sabotage from others, right? Just what's creeping in. It's okay. But when, I think when he mentions, I'll talk about how the self-sabotage and gets in the way of your work. What do we talk about the work though? Maybe what, what stuck out to you about when he was framing the idea of work? Should I go into the amateur versus pro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go into. It. I love because that because I think we can we can unpack more resistance because I think when you understand the difference between he mentions amateur to pro and you go ahead and jump in on that, it, it sets the context of why resistance is so critical to recognize, acknowledge, and and the really fight against. Yeah, I mean, and going back to that inner genius, he really is of the mindset that we are born with a certain amount of talent, whether it's to write symphonies, whether it's to be a coach, whether it's to be a writer, whether it's to be an artist, right? And in order to let that shine, you do a mind shift also of, do you see yourself as an amateur? Do I paint on the weekends? Do I paint in my free time? Or do I see myself as a professional? Meaning I'm going to fight resistance and realize that in order to me to be a professional, I take it seriously. Just like if you had a job in a corporation, mm -hmm. when we have jobs, we have to be there on time. We have to show up at meetings. We have to do our best. We have to finish the to-dos. But when we're on our own, if we're not viewing our own, if our own startup of a company or uh, writing that symphony as a professional, we might say, I'll do it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Or let me first scroll mindlessly. Oh, I'll get to it later. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I love that he said is, procrastination begets more procrastination. Once mm -hmm. we put it off one day, it's easy to put it off again. Mm -hmm. So it's, are you taking your inner genius seriously? Are you letting it shine or are you treating it as a hobby? That's right. That's right. And part of the pr transition is you go from this and ask yourself, even if you're saying, Hey, I've been working in this career for, let's just say you both and I, you and I share a background in L learning and development is do you want to be serious about this or do you just want, do you like training? And there, and, and then, and the latter could be fine. You could just be the, the, the facilitator that loves to, to coach classes and teach, teach adults or teach kids or whoever. That's fine. The question makes is when do you shift from being an amateur to a pro? His, he uses the word, you've got to be ruthless. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, whoa, that sounds, that sounds really negative. I'm curious your thoughts on that. When he says to become a pro, you need to become ruthless with yourself and others. And so I guess the question is go, let's, let's share, share again, background in L and D. How does, how does that show up as a professional then? How do you become, what does ruthless look like? And we're fighting resistance, which means resistance is that again, the stumbling blocks, it's procrastination, it's rationalization. And if you're reading the book and I, again, for all of listening, please pick it up. It's a fantastic, we don't get paid for this. But it's a fantastic book. And the first half of it, 
are one paragraphs about what resistance looks like, acts like, smells like, tastes like, and feels like. Mm-hmm. As a spirit of re- identifying the enemy, identifying the thing that's holding you back from becoming a pro. Right. So, so there's that. So we have we're fighting against it. But what does ruthless look like in becoming a pro in your workplace? So you're you're working on being a coach right now. What does ruthless look like for for Sue? So I think ruthless. One of the things he talked about, which I really liked, was he said he at the first on a Monday he has a staff meeting with himself. Oh, and he said, yeah, I remember this. Yes, these are all the things that have to get done, and I'm delegating them all to you. And he will literally write an email back to himself and say, here's everything that you have to get done in, in this week. So I really enjoyed that structure. I think it's about structure for me that we're going to okay. be at our desk at the time we say we're going to be at our desk. Mm-hmm. I also yes. think when you're a professional versus an amateur, you're always continuously learning. So as a yeah. coach, I should be continuing to read and looking for new material, looking for certifications. That's right. That's right. So you think of, he uses the example a couple of times of golfers and other like artists and writers because they're somewhat of a very progressive learning process. But again, you, if you think about that as being ruthless in your learning, that's being a voracious lear- reader, whether it's books or audibles or whatever, whatever it is. Because as a coach, it's like you and I've talked about a couple of times. It's like, have you ever heard of this, this technique or this particular mindset? No, I haven't. Well, let's unpack it a little bit. But as I, I, I think some coaches get in their own way or even professionals get in their own way and says like, I've achieved success at yeah. this level. So I'm going to continue to do that. But what happens, and this is goes to a little bit of physics, like you're either, you're moving forward or you're moving backward. Nothing can stay at rest. Right. What got you here won't get you there, wherever That's that right. is. That's right. So being ruthless, I think also has a shape of saying, I, it's the structure and I'm the same way of like, I have to say, this is my, these are my office hours. This is sitting down and doing the work and not sitting down. I, I, I have a critical task list that I work through every day. Uh, so I've got a couple of processes we can unpack another time. And <clears throat> ruthless is also making sure that I'm sticking through it to the end, even though I feel like this can wait for another time. Mm-hmm. I can do this later or I'm waiting on someone else or I don't want to jump too far ahead because I, I, you know, I may be alienating my team. Right. Yeah. When does it start then? Then when do you, when do you recognize that say, I need to become from an amateur to a pro? I like, when does that start for like, we're talking pivotal moments, right? When do you start pivoting to say, I'm no longer going to be an amateur. I'm going to be a pro. Uh, When does that shift? It's a good question. When, when has it shifted for you or has it shifted for you? Uh, I feel like it for me when when I was just, especially early days in my career when I really was interested in doing training and development with humans I went to grad school. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not suggesting anyone to go to grad school. There's a lot of stuff about student loans and stuff like that that I'm not a big fan of. However, uh, the the moment was MBA or M- Masters of Arts in Organizational Leadership, and so for me that was a commitment to the craft of learning to how to develop people, understanding people's motivations, understanding how people tick and work. And that was a, that was a pivot for me to say, I'm going to go pro in this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was education. It was structure. So that was, a, that was one for me about yourself. Um, I would say this similar in that when I, 
was in my, in a previous life when I was doing IT, mm -hmm. regional mm -hmm. IT for a company, um, I made the pivot of really getting up to date and doing a lot of research on what's, what's coming mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that I wasn't just along for the ride, but I could lead the ride. But you could though, but you could though, like, that's an interesting, it's a paradigm. It's like, you can just kind of, uh, especially in IT or any professional, I'm just going to go with what comes. And then when I have to learn it, I will. Mm -hmm. When you choose to say, I want to be on the forefront. I don't just yes. want to go. To yes. me, that was the shift to say, I'm taking this. I'm a pro. I'm not just an amateur. That's right. That's right. So I think our invitation to some of our listeners, as well as myself, is am I, what kind of behaviors are showing up right now? Are these pro behaviors or these amateur behaviors? Yes. I think I love that question. And I've been challenging myself and I've been challenging my partner, who mm -hmm. I think is a pro, um, mm -hmm. but I, I really taking that look and saying, okay, what do I need to change to take my coaching business and making sure I'm being pro? That's right. That's right. So how else, I guess, what, what's, let's talk about a little bit about fear. You mentioned that earlier because that's another component of the book is, is I think when, when I, when it stood out for me, the book is that this fear and this resistance, the moment that you make that decision and you even put it out to the universe and say, I'm going to go pro, bam, you're going to be hit with a wall of resistance and fear. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So, so let's talk more about fear. Can you unpack that a little bit more and say like, what, it, what was it about fear that stuck out to you in the book or any, any concepts from that? I think the one that resonated with me was the fear of visibility and putting yourself out there. Because mm -hmm. as soon as you say, this is what you want to do, all that self-doubt comes in play. Can I really do this? Do I have something worthy to say? Um, am I an imposter? Sure, sure. It's it's kind of like you want to do it, but there's that trepidation of that resistance and saying, okay, I made that decision, but I have to show, I have to prove to resistance that I'm stronger than it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. He said the quote, a quote, quote from his is resistance is experienced as fear. The degree of fear equates to the strength of resistance. Yeah. So the more you're afraid of being an imposter, the more you're afraid of it, you're going to have that much more resistance. Yes. So what's the pivot then? Like, how do we get over the fear? Like what is, again, it's deciding to go pro, but that's like sitting down and say, I'm going to do the work, put some structure in place around your life. And I'm not, I'm oversimplifying it, but how do you overcome that fear? Because fear is again, one of those Think those uh, boogeymans, if you will, that really holds us back from acknowledging our, our talents and, and really performing at the highest level. I think it's, it's belief in yourself and really, really plugging through. There is an inner strength that you need. Um, I thought there was something interesting in there, which he called the hack right? Which is mm -hmm. if you're always checking in with others to get validation Again, you're not truly going at it as a pro. That's right. Right? You have to step into it, and it's not easy. It took him, what, 20 years to finally make it through? And I, I hope it doesn't take me 20 years. But I think it's <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> I think it's that real strong belief in yourself, and that comes from within, whether you need to do meditation to build that up, whether you need to journal, 
whether you need to come up with a mantra that you put across your wall, just something that you can hold on to that's yours and gives you strength. That's right. That's right. I think the other component of that, in addition to that, is saying like you're, you're going to create the mantras. He, he talks about summoning your muse, like as you even says he has a little, a little prayer that he gives before he, when he sits down to write. Uh, so you're summoning these protective, you know, it's not a religious book at any sorts, but he talks about that and saying there's people and powers and any angels. And I think he uses the word angels around us all the time that want us to be successful. And we just have to summon on that power. Yes. And you have to do it. Have to do it. And so I think at the in fact, at the beginning of the book, he sits down, he says, I he, he tells a story about him waking up. It's cold outside. There's, he's, he finds his coffee. He sits down, writes for an hour, whatever it is. And then he says, this is the crappiest thing I wrote, but I wrote. Exactly. Yes. I love, I'm so glad you brought that up. So I think as, as if nothing else, it's a matter of saying, I'm just going to jump. I'm going to begin it now. I'm going to do it because all of the psyching yourself up and, and self-talk and, and, be, and being, it's important because it's part of that is it's helping inspire your hearts and summoning your muse to saying, I, I have the intentions of being a good writer. I have intentions of being a good professional and you got to jump. You got to jump. And one thing he didn't put as um, a definition of res of resistance, but you maybe just think about it is perfection. Perfectionism mm -hmm. is going to kill your creativity mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you're too busy thinking it has to be great and not getting it out there. That's right. Or That's you can right. get it out there. And and what he said is he he would write for hours and knows it's going straight into the garbage bin, but he did it. That's right. That's right. I think there's there's another story that he talks about is like the artists that create for art's sake and the artists that were commissioned to do work. Like there's a difference is that there's no heart behind it. And so, you know, either either way, one of it's doing it begrudgingly, one of it's doing for love. And as you start to understand and become a pro, you do it for love because you're going to put more effort into it. But that doesn't change the resistance. Right. Yes. It, it's in fact, it's going it, to like we talked about it's going to be a counter, almost a counterbalance, if not more, that will rationalize and do, you know, hold you back. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what, what are our takeaways? There's a lot here. There's a, this is a, first of all, the takeaway is read the book. Read the book. Yeah. <laughs> there, and there's a second follow-up about becoming more about, about becoming a pro that he's, he wrote subsequently from his first book. Uh, so I think that for me, the, the, the big takeaway for me is that recognize that when I'm feeling resistance, I'm on the right path, mm -hmm. right? When I'm feeling resistance and it's going to come in lots of different shapes, I'm doing what I'm meant to do, what I'm called to do, what I'm inspired to do with my best work. If I'm feeling resistance, then that's a good thing. And so then I just have to jump. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Your key takeaway, any takeaway you want to share before we wrap up for today? Um, I think the, the two we talked about it is the amateur versus pro. I love that internal dialogue and challenging myself to make sure I'm always coming to be a pro. And the other thing I really loved is the hack, which mm -hmm. is do it what you love. Don't do what you think or what mm -hmm. others want you to paint or write or coach. Yeah. Because then you're really coming from your place of your muse, as you say. That's right. That's right. And he says the best thing you can do as an artist is be an inspiration to others. Yeah. Not make everyone else feel comfortable. 
Love it. Thank you for joining us. We enjoy hearing others' pivotal moments and we'd love to hear yours. Feel free to reach out to us on our respective websites or on LinkedIn. We appreciate your support by rating and sharing our podcast with others. Remember, any moment can be pivotal if you keep your mind open to possibilities. Enjoy the journey.